You're listening to the Comms Risk Podcast. Hello, I'm Eric Prieskount, and this is episode 26 of the Comms Risk Podcast. Today's interviewee is Rene Felber. Rene manages risks and revenue assurance for Talia in Finland, but most people know him as the lead organizer of the TM Forum's Revenue Assurance Survey. That survey has grown in popularity, become the best-known revenue assurance survey in the world, and Rene has been key to increasing the number of telcos who take part. Regular co-host Dan Baker also joins us for the interview, Dan is the founder of the Technology Research Institute. So I opened the interview today, and I did that by asking René to tell us a little bit more about his background. René, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, We know a lot about your CV, but perhaps you'd like to just introduce yourself a little bit, talk about how long you've worked in the field of risk and revenue assurance, and what brought you into that field? What brought you into doing telecoms work of this nature? Um, I was uh, confronted with revenue assurance about 14 years ago uh, when I worked for a big four auditing company and with the classical revenue leakage uh, projects uh, with sophisticated tools, uh, an international team, and it was basically about uh, counting uh, cold detailed records and uh, doing some reconciliation. So really nice stuff uh, for a young pr- practitioner. And uh, I recognized uh, quite much complexity in there. And uh, I was very interested as well in uh, processes and systems. And, you know, basically everything it attracted me. And I did a couple of more consulting years and auditing years, uh, 10 more altogether in two different countries, uh, multiple industries. But uh, I've always thought this is kind of the Formula One. So the telecom uh, sector is, is really cool uh, because of the complexity and because of the problems. So I have a lot of problems I've noted. And uh, when I had my first 10 years of consulting and auditing expertise, I thought I need a change, uh, not just to tell about the problems and uh, to tell our clients uh, how to solve them, but you know, instead to take ownership and solve uh, some of those problems. So uh, I moved to the Tedia company and uh, I had the task to solve problems uh, very, very uh, widely uh, reporting to a CFO and he uh, wanted to know, so where do we have leakage and uh, how much money are we losing and where should we go and uh, 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 deep, uh, go, go more indeed. And uh, that was a, has always been a, a great way to basically uh, solving the problems, and uh, nowadays uh, uh, I'm also responsible for fraud management, uh, risk and controls, and uh, credit control. So uh, quite a nice uh, area where we have a lot of problems to be solved. Uh, Rene, uh, it's interesting, uh, you know, how this revenue assurance business has evolved, and I'm curious about what sort of roles or what sort of um, skill sets do you think are needed in this new world we're heading to with IoT and mobile broadband and so forth? I mean, you know, there's some people say, uh, you know, you know, you need to basically be an expert in the business. You need to understand all the systems and how they interplay with each other across provisioning and billing and, and, uh, and so forth. And, you know, then other people say, well, it's this statistical or database uh, jockey kind of uh, skill set. And then there's the people skills. I mean, how, you know, if you were to put together kind of a composite of the perfect RA person, and I know it varies according, but what, what's, your, what's your feel for, you know, the role and what people really, um, you know, the, the people that you've seen who are doing a good job, what are they good at? Um, it's about a lot of skills that you just mentioned, uh, and I would actually put the communication skills uh, uh, in front of all of them. Um, because I think there is a lot of specialists out there in a company. If you're, if you're running a revenue insurance uh, project, uh, you will find the guys who really understand how the network uh, uh, works like. You will have people who understand what's in the call detail records. You will have uh, commercial people who understand on, on how the offerings work like. Uh, um, a very important skill will be to get the people together and uh, to make sure that they are still going to be able to speak their own language. Um, 
in addition, I would say analytical skills are very important. And uh, being able to use tools, uh, nowadays tools have changed as well. So in a couple of years back, uh, like SQL-related uh, tools, you know, data acquisition has been very important. Nowadays tools are getting better. So uh, that uh, makes it more important to understand the big picture. So like uh, to have a, a quick understanding on, on how a process works uh, on a more on a metadata level. Um, so looking into the data, understanding the different elements uh, from an order to cash process. Uh, yeah, I would say analytics and people skills uh, are the most important ones nowadays. You've answered the question there about revenue assurance, but um, I'm intrigued to know whether you see yourself as somebody who does revenue assurance. We Most people know of you, obviously, for your work with the TM Forum and specifically with the TM Forum's revenue assurance team. But your role, your job title, includes the word risk. You've talked about the fact that you cover fraud management, credit risk. So is, you know, we tend to have these job titles, we tend to have the, these descriptions which increasingly look like something and revenue assurance or revenue and something assurance. And, and it's, as you were very kindly with us uh, last week for our risk and assurance group meeting in London, there was a lot of conversation there about whether we do revenue assurance or business assurance, what's the scope of work. So I'm keen to hear a little bit about your role at Telia in Finland and how you see yourself and how other people see you. Do they see you as the revenue assurance guy? Do they see you as the risk guy? How, you know, how do you describe what you do to people who perhaps aren't so familiar with uh, the telecoms world and you go to a party and you have to explain what you do? I and mean, What's the way you see yourself, René? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I have to say I have a very skilled team. And uh, what we're doing, uh, we're basically managing the revenue risk. So the risk of not capturing all of the revenues, and it's an end-to-end -end thing. And um, you know, to translate that into an executive uh, language, uh, I usually link that with the enterprise risk management. So we are managing one of the top risks a uh, regular telecom operator is exposed to. And uh, in, in, in my role, uh, I have a you know, great opportunity and a great responsibility, I feel, to uh, manage it really end-to-end, -end, like a, a credit control. Um, it's about uh, setting the policy for, for end customers. Uh, fraud management is looking at uh, all sorts of frauds, uh, which is uh, uh, happening. And uh, altogether, um, so you're managing that risk. Uh, you're helping uh, the company uh, get the money that uh, they should get. So profitability, uh, uh, revenue leakage avoided. And uh, you have a, a great opportunity to add transparency in a complex world so that people really understand the processes end-to-end. -end. When I mean end-to-end, -end, it could be an order from the order to the cash, but it could also be from the need to the order to the cash. And that's one thing what changed in the last uh, 5 to 10 to 15 years in the areas uh, where it started. It was basically in the network. And uh, nowadays we need to understand um, what we are selling uh, to the customer, how we are selling it. And uh, we need to understand all sorts of activation, deactivation, uh, change processes. and. Uh, so there's a, a great need to understand the processes and to be able to um, speak in terms of money as well. I'm really keen to dive in and, and hog this, just to follow up this question with another one. You, you mentioned enterprise risk management there, and it sounds to me as though Talia has an understanding of enterprise risk management where there is... Um, the responsibilities are clearly divided amongst people around the business and you take the responsibility for, say, as you point out, the revenue risks where other people will take on other key risks. Is that how it's seen in Telia then, that you effectively have the enterprise risk management pie and each guy and guys like you are taking a slice of that pie? Is that how it works? Yes, that's correct. Um, if you think about the big picture, how usually enterprise risk management process works, so you, you've got, or if it works well, you, you've got the top risks assigned uh, to the board members, the management board members, 
And in, in this way, you, you could make the management actually uh, take it really seriously in, in, the, in terms of uh, my areas, the revenue risk. So you will have uh, detailed action plans uh, of what the management does on a high level uh, to manage the uh, risk actively. And in the revenue insurance area, uh, I would say it's a very mature area uh, where we could uh, measure the risk impact uh, quite well. If you are able to measure uh, the revenue leakage and the recovery rates, then you're exactly in, in that enterprise risk management discipline. So you have uh, a department or a function uh, managing it actively on behalf of your uh, management. Sounds brilliant. Sounds more sophisticated. I just want to bring you in on this one, Dan. It sounds a lot more sophisticated than what we hear in some other um, telecoms companies, isn't it, Dan, in terms of having a more kind of formal view of the relationship between revenue assurance and uh, how risks are divided elsewhere in the business. Yes, I would agree. And, I, yeah, I think um, Renee's organization has taken it to that next level. I mean, we've always known that revenue assurance was never to be taken at face value, or, or at least only part of the time that you're looking to assure the revenue. That's much bigger than that. But, um, you know, to be honest, you know, I mean, I think a lot of organizations are still doing just the old stuff. And Renee's taking it to the level of, geez, we really, you got this new world arriving right now. You've got virtual services. You've got many more partners in the business than you had before. And you've got many, many more aspects uh, or departments involved internally who are participating in a particular product because it crosses over, it's an IP product, and so it's crossing over different channels and different people. And um, to coordinate that, to get that right, and I think certainly revenue assurance implies a staff function. It's somebody who's doing something over and above um, their actual job. That They're checking on what other people are doing, I think. And um, um, it's just extremely valuable, but it's every organization defines it a different way depending on the person who's running the show so true so true well let's let's talk about the differences between organizations then and use that as a segue into the topic you know the reason why most people have heard of you any which of course is your work with the tm forum can you tell us a little bit about it sounds like you're pretty darned advanced there in finland and talia so why would if you're so advanced in finland would you want to get involved with the TM Forum? What's what's the motivation for you? What are you gaining from working with the TM Forum? What are, what are you learning from participating and working with other operators and gaining those survey results you get as part of the work you do with the TM Forum? Yeah, actually, I have to tell a little bit about the background. So uh, I'm working for Talia for 4.5 years so far. Uh, when I came here, uh, I basically looked for a training possibility. Uh, for, for my level of experience and for my personality, uh, I actually found uh, the TM Forum contribution the right way uh, to go forward. Uh, a, a platform where open-minded people are and uh, sharing and collaborating is the most important uh, you know, thing to do. Uh, I've uh, fully supported this and I could... Uh, basically strengthen my skills uh, in uh, deep diving into the subjects, sharing and learning from others. So that's how I uh, started with. Um, the nowadays, um, or, or let's say that first about the revenue insurance survey, uh, that came across uh, quite soon after my start. So somebody uh, leading there has been asking me uh, whether I would like to take the lead. Um, I wasn't really afraid about the number of hours I'm going to deliver for free, and I wasn't really <laughs> afraid about the complexity. <laughs> uh, the only thing I was afraid about was whether I could uh, make a big change. And uh, that was uh, very quickly proved, so I could put my own uh, creativity in there and uh, you know, start brainstorming with, with the group and how to take uh, the survey to the next level. Uh, because at that time, it was more like a research paper for researchers or, or people who like to read research information. And I, I thought that was not really uh, so collaborative, or I thought we could make a bit more out of it. Uh, so I had a great motivation to make that a bit more collaborative. We've also started uh, to do all sorts of uh, additional discussions uh, in in uh, the team. So there were a lot of people who were very interested in helping and, and shaping this. Uh, we started to write uh, blogs about the subjects and uh, share our views. Uh, we put up uh, LinkedIn forums. Um, 
So it, it has been really great. And uh, nowadays, uh, we have a network um, where we need uh, to go forward. Uh, we could basically uh, just ask for, for, for the people what, what's hot for them. Uh, where would they like to learn? Uh, how would they would like to go forward? And then we could uh, shape and move forward. Like in a KPI area, uh, there's definitely a need. And uh, we are working on it uh, in uh, other projects. So with the balanced KPI approach, you make sure that the revenue insurance organizations have a clear path forward. I'm glad you brought up some really important topics there because obviously you were, as I say, you were out at the Risk and Assurance Group conference last week and education and collaboration were two of the most important things that we were talking about during the whole of the events. And uh, there was obviously a great deal of demand for more education, a great deal of demand a lot of people calling for more collaboration in the industry too. Of course, the difficulty is we've got clever guys like Dan sat in America. He can't always get on the plane and join us in Europe or to uh, to hook us together. So, Dan, I don't know whether you want to comment here on what it's been like to become, as it were, um, an observer, part of the TM Forum fold here by virtue of uh, Rene changing the style of the way that the team gathers together and reviews the results from its survey. Yeah, um, well, I, I have commented on the uh, results of uh, Renee's survey a couple times and, uh, you know, found what the data he's gathering is very interesting. Um, and, I'm, yeah, I'm encouraged that uh, people are starting to converse with each other. It's great. This is um, uh, what it's all about. And um, the world has become more complex in, in, in telco. And uh, we, we're just at the verge of virtual services. We're at the verge of cloud services arriving and all sorts of interesting stuff, um, and um, and so I, that one that leads kind of the one thought and one question for you, Renee, is what area are you finding that the revenue assurance is most valuable to get right? Um, obviously, it's going to vary by by uh, by company, but for instance, is it mobile broadband services? Is it um, uh, is is it IP services? Um, is it um, maybe the uh, Internet of Things or can you characterize where the challenges maybe are focused? Oh, that's a very good and wide question. Um, I mean, uh, at the end, we need to think about uh, where is the money and uh, where is the money uh, developing really quickly. So new services are definitely uh, very important. Of course, there is a hype about IoT, and it's not really clear what the telecom operator's stake will be. Um, so, um, but uh, there's plenty of work to be done. Uh, if we think in terms of coverage, uh, we know from the revenue insurance survey that in the new areas, uh, the coverage is really weak as compared to the old areas. Um, in order to get into those areas, um, revenue insurance uh, need to be informed, need to be embedded in the processes, in the strategic processes of uh, product development and uh, see what's in there. And, uh, uh, and of course, already uh, start thinking about how much money is uh, that area going to uh, be created. Uh, it doesn't make sense to go into all of the areas and securing mm. that you're going to get the revenue in, into the books uh, if uh, there's not going to be a, um, a really great uh, business case. Uh, but mm. mobility is the future, and there's uh, going to be a lot of uh, services which will be charged in the future in the mobility area. I'm glad you brought up the fracturing there, Rene, of uh, potential fracturing of revenue assurance there, because uh, as you try and do more and more, some people move ahead and take on these additional activities and other people want to hold back and have a more conservative view of the scope of their work. And as a result, it, I think it's important. And you've, 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 refer, you've referred to one of my takeaways, one of the biggest takeaways I took from the survey results, which is that some people are clearly saying that they feel as though they have a very comprehensive grasp of what's happening in terms of revenue assurance in their business. They're in control of the leaks. They have very good coverage but they also seem to have a very narrow view of what they need to be doing in their team. And therefore, that begs the question of how good the coverage really is. I mean, if, if you define yourself as having a very narrow job, it becomes obviously a lot more easy. It becomes easier for you to achieve everything you're hoping to achieve when you stretch yourself more widely and try to cover a lot more areas. And clearly, coverage is much more of an issue. Now, you mentioned coverage there. What were the other big survey findings that stuck out in your mind? 
I mean, you know, in a summarized way, I think I wrote it somewhere to a blog. Um, revenue assurance is transforming from a financial revenue watchdog towards a, you know, cross-functional operating uh, discipline. Um, so it's not just the leakage and the recovery and, you know, a certain very, you know, specific focus. Uh, it's at the end to end and to work uh, in the end to end, you're going to have a lot of more friends. Uh, so you will be um, discussing with commercial people about product launches. You will discuss about how offerings uh, are uh, modularized, how they work. Uh, you will uh, discuss with accounting still. Uh, you will uh, discuss with building and all sorts of people. Um, and I think that's that's changing. And uh, you uh, start becoming a business partner to them. Uh, they have their own uh, problems. And that there is there's problems that are actually even of an end-to-end -end process scale. If we think about IFR, IFRS 15 or the, the new uh, data privacy legislations uh, which come into fact. Those are typical uh, topics that uh, not one uh, alone could, uh, could solve, but uh, the um, you know, problem broker role, uh, acting as a broker uh, to solve problems, uh, uh, this, this is becoming a really important thing. And uh, revenue insurance uh, or you know, the business insurance guys are very well connected uh, with uh, the corporate management uh, if it really works well uh, with the or through with the enterprise risk management process, but on the other hand, uh, are also having uh, hands-on experience and contacts uh, all across uh, the, the process. And that, that you make some really excellent points. And again, I want to bring Dan on on this one because there's clearly a tension here between a view of doing the work in a data-oriented way, where you focus upon the extraction of data from systems, the analysis of data from systems, activities that perhaps deal with a very high volume of data books which lend themselves towards automation. But Dan can vouch that, of course, many of the people he speaks to through Black Swan and the other work he does in the industry, he's meeting incredibly intelligent individuals who know an awful lot about how telecoms companies works. And when dealing with them, you're not looking at people who are robots who you want to automate every activity they do. Actually, the best use that they are in the business is as troubleshooters, as an internal consulting function. And Rennie, I'm quite similar to you in that regard of having come from outside and perhaps having that consulting mindset, then going into the telecoms company and wanting to continue to consult and solve problems. So Dan, I don't know if you can just to chip mm. in here a little bit and, and comment upon this tension and where we're going as a as an industry in terms of resolving this tension are we resolving this tension between this desire to as it were automate and make uh, routine certain kinds of controlling activity versus unleashing these wonderful people that we come across who are clearly able to do versatile different things and are able to respond to these new challenges like the challenges you mentioned with things like the Internet of Things. Yeah. Well, I think you need both, right? Obviously, you need to have um, be able to extract the data and find out what's actually going on. But I hear what you're saying, and I totally agree that it, we're shifting and perhaps the best revenue insurance people are always this way. They're always thinking about the business case. They're always thinking about how can the people, uh, the way we incentive people, for example, uh, can be changed to encourage certain types of behaviors and certain types of moving the, the company forward. Um, one of the, the best revenue assurance uh, people I've ever spoken to is Ed Shanahan, and he was um, a consultant par excellence with uh, – you know, what is now Cartesian. Uh, he's since retired, but I did an interview with him a couple of years ago, and he, he mentioned the area of, um, he, his basic point was, you know, if you set the, the organization right and the incentives properly, a lot of problems just go away. Um, for example, the area of sales compensation. You've got two people that are selling, let's say, an international circuit. One, one is located in India, and one is located in the U.S., and they're establishing a you know, a link. Okay. Um, and and they may be bickering about, you know, who's going to get which part of the commission. Um, and it's based on the actual sale of the piece. However, if you, if you made it the profitability of the service as opposed to 
just making the the uh, the sale. You you change the equation a bit, and the people, the salespeople on different sides of the world, they communicate with each other, and they make different decisions, and they emphasize different things. So this is an example of an organizational way of improving revenue insurance. Mm-hmm. That's very true, Dan. That's very true. It's a profound point, isn't it, about aligning somebody's incentives to the real goals of the organization so you get what you really want from them as opposed to some dysfunctional behavior which can be created by giving people the wrong incentives and we see that time and again in the work that we do now another point i mean i'd like to ask you to comment on this one Rene, is perhaps there's we're seeing a little bit of a shift in the marketplace from software that's focused on performing controls in an automated fashion to software that's designed to support the consultant, to support the troubleshooter within the business through improved communication, improved case management tools, automating some tasks but making it easier to do ad hoc queries of data and look at data in a, in a more informal way based upon the, um, the gut call, the judgment of the consultant so that he doesn't need to spend so much time with technical people. Do you think that's going to be shaping the future of the work that we do and therefore the focus of the TM Forum team going forward? Yes, absolutely. Um, maybe we're currently a little bit in a vacuum area with the vendors and, uh, you know, uh, I remember at the RAG in London, uh, the uh, Deutsche Telekom uh, representative was telling uh, vendors, vendors, please listen carefully. We need, we need the following. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, yes, uh, so vendors need to move, and uh, it will be very much about uh, reducing the complexity that we have in our processes. Uh, it will be, it will still be about uh, data acquisition and making that really smooth. Uh, but uh, speaking uh, the process uh, language, uh, it's really important also when you think about agile and uh, organizations, uh, for example, uh, process uh, improvement, uh, process development. Uh, they also want to learn. Uh, uh, locally, we have projects together with them, uh, and also with uh, uh, information governance, uh, in order to add transparency. And, and then uh, we're, we're talking about something else. We need to have uh, performance uh, indicators as well in the process. And uh, if I talk to my boss, uh, who is the CFO, uh, he wants to save money. Uh, he wants to have, um, you know, really smooth and automated processes. Uh, so. Uh, it's very important that we, we, we understand what, what's beyond the revenue insurance, what, what are the other uh, goals, and uh, trying to capture some of them. And it's really important to uh, align uh, the KPIs with KPIs that other organizations have that work in a similar area. And uh, I believe there is a lot of um, potential for vendors uh, uh, to shift into too. I think you're absolutely right. In fact, I also think you're too humble to say it, so I'm just going to say it. I- I would really very much like to see an individual like yourself, somebody who's in a telecoms company taking leadership of that team in the TF4 because I think that's necessary in order to stretch vendors in new directions rather than to be in a situation which we've had more in the past where vendors do the development that they do and then seek to define the role, the work that people do in the telecoms company to fit the products that they offer to the market and for me I think it's time that we had that transformation now I know you're not going to say you want that role because you're too modest Rene so let me ask you instead something which I also know you feel strongly about tell us about what you want the TM Forum team the TM Forum Revenue Insurance team to do going forward what are the objectives what are the priorities for you that you want to see the team doing in future Um, I want TM Forum to be you know, more practitioner focused. So we're using that term, like you know, revenue insurance or from management or whatever. You know, business insurance practitioner. We have to be more focused on on, on the, the people who actually uh, solve those problems on a day to day basis. And uh, TM Forum uh, should build an agenda, a business assurance agenda, which is clear, uh, which uh, gives uh, you know provides a clear um, development path uh, for for the for the practitioner in there um, to get a broader experience uh, among uh, all of the areas that relate to managing revenue risk or profitability, uh, but also, um, you know, uh, 
a full agenda um, to cover different issues which are interlinked as well. Uh, maybe at the moment it's more like a you know topic related a little bit vendor driven. Um, uh, it looks like, uh, uh, but uh, quite good. But uh, quite good. But there needs to be a, a clear evolution path for individuals as well as for organizations uh, because they're also looking uh, for. Uh, you know, reducing overlaps and finding gaps and uh, for a clear development path. So, so people want to grow, uh, so the practice should be growing. Now, maybe a bit more specific, uh, uh, I would say you know, what I really like in, in TM Forum are the catalysts. And the catalysts are, are those projects that bring vendors, um, uh, then the telecom operators and experts together. Uh, and all of them uh, work on really complex uh, uh, problems. Uh, most of them are, of course, uh, related to the uh, uh, digital transformation, and uh, you know, not so many are about um, uh, traditional problems to be solved. But uh, uh, I think we should have more of those catalysts uh, in uh, derby management area. Um, so that's one thing I would like to see. Then uh, performance and reporting, I find it extremely important. Uh, because if you cannot tell your boss and what you're doing and how you're performing, then you have a problem. If you can't define your uh, performance objectives, um, you will go to your uh, yearly discussions with your boss, and uh, you will all wonder: was it good or was it was was it uh, you know did you get forward or not? <laughs> uh, very bad in mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the forum could also work a bit more on uh, the metrics um, behind the measurement. Uh, one of the topics we discussed last week uh, in London was the leakage uh, metrics that we were talking about. Uh, is it a 1.5 or is it 1% or is it a 2%? Um, um, who would like to expose him or herself? Uh, I would not like to. Um, but we should uh, provide uh, uh, standard metrics that uh, companies could use uh, because it will ma matter. So you will have to go to the management board one day and say, yes, we have a 2% leakage. Yes, we have recovered uh, 30%. So a CTM forum should deliver, uh, as they did in the past, uh, specific uh, deliverables uh, and practice guides in order to help the practitioner um, find where they are. Uh, and give them ways uh, for the future for a strategic path forward. I think we're all big fans of collaboration on the on the call today. I mean, I appreciate the work that you put into collaborating, Randy. And of course, as you say, you were over at the RAG, and that's the second time you've come and joined us for a RAG meeting. So I know that you're flying around the world trying to do as much as you can to get people to collaborate. I'm doing what I can. And of course, Dan is uh, runs Black Swan, but he comes over and joins me here. For the Commerce podcast, we all believe in collaboration, but there are many barriers to collaboration, physical being perhaps one of the most important ones. So I, I'm mindful of a wonderful... Let me challenge on that. Um, please, go, please jump this, in. Yeah, this collaboration um, idea yeah, hits the theme. It really relates to what Renee's about, of coordinating with all the different departments. And I, I remember you telling me one time, Renee, that you actually sometimes cooperate with competitors, right? It's like... Um, business partners, his name it. And I think this is one place where the vendor community needs to step up a bit. I just did a, a very interesting a white paper with a company in the U.S. called Northflow Solutions. And what they do is they have a workflow solution that allows various people um, involved in the order to, order to cash or even sales to cash process to collaborate with each other. And they facilitate that by basically sharing um, information in real time from many disparate systems. In other words, the systems are not integrated. They're unified by, you know, delivering the information when it's needed. And so the various people responsible for um, completing things on time and getting the, you know, getting the uh, order out there and, uh, and the provision and so forth, they're alerted and they're kind of responsible. They're, you know, they have a clear responsibility in that workflow. And so, this whole notion of workflow really needs to be explored. Even um, I remember a couple of years back um, hearing Verizon talk, and uh, they gave a talk about it was really two aspects of the problem. One was how do they find the errors, and they use a Subex system to do that. But really, I think they spent most of the presentation that I heard, most of the time they spent, here's what our workflow system looks like. You know, How do we get the, you know, the various people that are going to solve these collection problems and, and what have you how do we get them on board and how do we 
um, you know, assign them their tasks and so forth. And that was a system that was designed in-house by Verizon, and they maintain that in-house. So that would be my my thinking is, yeah, let's move more towards, let's systemize the collaboration effort. Well, is that something, Rene, that maybe should be the subject of a catalyst in the TM forum? Because you were saying that you were quite keen on catalysts. Uh, yes, that would be a great idea. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say something about other aspects as well of um, you know working virtually because that's really the way how we have done uh, the survey as well. And the people basically uh, were working for it. It's for free. It's in their free time uh, most of the time. Uh, so um, uh, business goes first. For them, business goes absolutely first, and it's very important for them also to get something out of that process um, uh, to make sure that it's going to help them personally. Um, that's not really easy to uh, to manage, actually. You know, because uh, as a leader, you also need to have discipline. Uh, you need to set a clear project plan with milestones. And you may have sometimes a little delay because people just cannot deliver what they've promised to. Um, so it needs quite much uh, flexibility. Um, own agendas go first. I think that's a, a very important uh, uh, topic. Uh, but uh, it means uh, that the leader needs to have a lot of uh, discipline, but uh, flexibility as well uh, for the plan. So when you, you always need to have a plan B. Uh, you need to have a, you know, you need to foresee uh, shortcuts. Uh, sometimes you need to make shortcuts. Uh, absolutely. And uh, most important thing is uh, people work for free, so you need to give them freedom. Uh, and you need to find a way uh, uh, to integrate that uh, creativity in in the product. And, and then the people are in. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Co- coming back to the topic of collaboration, and as you say, as we've been saying a few times, you were over at the Risk and Assurance Group Summer Conference last week. We don't want to end up competing with the TM Forum. So tell us, what does the Risk and Assurance Group need to be doing, and how can they complement what you've been doing in the TM Forum? If you were to give out work, what work would you give us? Um, I, I think the RAC is doing a great job. Um, maybe becoming a bit more international, uh, that would be great. Um, but it's very much about, you know, active discussions about what's going on right now as we speak, what are the trends, uh, best practices, and to really uh, let uh, practitioners, experts, uh, vendors uh, talk about the top topic, and not, not just the speakers, but to really uh, reflect on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the RAG is doing that very well. Uh, for TM Forum, um, you know, partly you have, you, have, you have very specific resources or people who are interested in TM Forum, and then uh, you've got the C-level as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're serving um, uh, uh, the people also very well. And uh, when it comes to the uh, business assurance area, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, I find it very important that we have a tangible, uh, tangible uh, deliverable, so real guidance, then uh, that uh, TM Forum is making use of uh, the marketing, uh, their marketing machine uh, uh, mm. in bringing the people together. It's that, that's a really powerful way. So there know thousands of people um, and just to get them together. Uh, I think there could be made a bit more effort still and uh, to work with the C-level as well. I think the TM Forums uh, should uh, have a clear business assurance um, the white business assurance uh, agenda uh, and really talk uh, about the concerns of the CE level and show clearly that in, you know there is a bottom up and a top down approach and uh, everything makes uh, sense together. Great answer, thank you for that, Rene. Um, next question that comes to mind is that you know linking it back to, again to your job in Talia, can you give us some instances, some examples of where? you have benefited individually as a result of your work in the TM Forum and where you've been able to bring the results of the TM Forum into Talia and help you implement and achieve your goals in practice? Um, there are benefits uh, outside the revenue assurance area. And actually, when we talk in our company about revenue assurance, then it's the really wide thing. 
-hmm. it, it's not about counting the CDRs. It, mm -hmm. It's about uh, business partnering. It's the business assurance in a way. Um, and it, basically, I've, I've been able to connect a lot of people um, in other areas like customer experience. Uh, and uh, then they get the benefits. And, uh, and of course, if you're a member of the Inform, there is a lot of stuff which is really interesting and also important stuff. Uh, uh, one of the areas that connected our people uh, was the business transformation. Uh, so there are success cases up there, for example, uh, KPN in the Netherlands, um, uh, really openly discussing and sharing, you know, collaborating. And uh, it's not so obvious, you know, and nowadays for, for, for our people, you know, where is the information? But you, you could be, a, a, you know, I said before, a broker, but it's more like, you know, give guidance, what to look at, what not. Uh, then, you know, internally, um, we've been benefiting uh, very much from the survey as well. Uh, we're basically reflecting uh, on the questions. <laughs> sounds funny on the questions as well, but on the answers and looking at what are the trends. Um, making adjustments to our strategy. Very useful, very, very useful is the uh, Forum's uh, revenue insurance maturity model as well. And I agree, there's a lot of questions. Uh, I agree, you could improve uh, it always, uh, but uh, um, it's very useful uh, as you will find out on what is your level of maturity. Uh, uh, you can compare it with others, like in a the revenue insurance survey this year had an additional benchmark. Uh, we had uh, the we gave uh, the revenue insurance maturity model for free uh, uh, to uh, any member and non-member, and, and this is a way uh, to see where you are. And you don't necessarily need to fill out uh, or answer all of the 750 questions. Uh, you can also go for a shortcut because it's a framework. Uh, you go uh, more deep into the areas that are interesting for you. And uh, it's always a great way to use frameworks uh, because you could do some sort of a gap analysis and uh, you have a way to communicate uh, in a simpler language uh, with uh, revenue insurance interest groups or your own uh, superior. And you can say, hey, here I am. We are really poor. Um, uh, for example, in uh, you know communications, we are really poor. Uh, and here are the others uh, in Europe. Here are the others of the similar sort of size of company. Here are the others who have uh, revenue insurance function uh, built up in a similar way. So we need to do something. And uh, in this way, you're going to have a more fruitful uh, discussion forward. Uh, and you could make uh, strategic uh, adjustments. Hmm. Sounds really good. Sounds really good. Now, in terms of, I'm conscious of time here, guys. We've probably got time for a couple more questions before we wrap up. So I don't want to hog them all, Dan, as I usually do. Uh, but one one question I do want to ask here is that, um, you know, we've talked quite a bit about things changing over time. And you recently wrote an article for Comsris Grenet, which is about finding the right place for revenue assurance. And that links to a lot of what we're talking about here in terms of an evolving view of revenue assurance and how the TM form can guide people. So do you want to comment a little bit here, Randy, on, or would you please comment a little bit here on what is the place of revenue assurance and uh, how it's going to change, how it is changing in practice? Yes. Um uh, you know, first of all, uh, if you read my blog, uh, there's opinions. <laughs> and uh, it's a certain viewpoint, a certain background that I have, and uh, certain wishes and dreams I have. So that it's all putting, putting it together, and of course, a lot of discussions in our company uh, and within uh, the Revenue Insurance uh, Network uh, with the RAC community and TM Forum. Um, and, do you, and do you see... Do you see the way that this works per companies? Because some companies we had, say, for example, at the RAG conference, people saying, we just do it this way in our company. And it's very much like an insular debate in that company. They just do it the way that suits them. Other people are a lot more interested in comparing and being like and, and adapting and suiting the way others do it as well because they see some advantage in terms of, say, recruitment, in terms of bringing on the right staff, in terms of purchasing tools, in being more similar to other telcos. So, you know, when, when you talk about your opinion, how do you see that opinion in the context? Do you see this as something that you're talking about, whether Telia should do it one way or another, or are you looking for more of a consensus 
with other telcos as to how where revenue assurance should be and how it should be placed in the industry? I think there is a common uh, denominator. Um, you know, we see that uh, there's a revenue assurance organization in different places. Uh, the common uh, denominator is that uh, it's becoming more uh, uh, of a business uh, partnering, uh, you know, function and even more of a discipline. So uh, doing re the revenue assurance uh, way inside the revenue uh, assurance domain, but also outside. Uh, uh, this thing is, is for sure. There's a lot of really, uh, um, how can I say, state of state of the art methods, methodologies, uh, tools. So uh, the whole company could benefit from. Um, so we see developments in there. When it comes to the organization, uh, we saw uh, BT. Uh, BT has revenue assurance in the business transformation unit. Uh, when we think about the revenue assurance survey, the recent one, uh, about two thirds. Uh, run revenue assurance in, in the finance organization. Mm -hmm. When you're in finance, uh, I would say uh, it, it's quite a safe place uh, because uh, you got you got the guy with the big money. Um, um, you got the exposure as well um, in, in the management uh, team. So basically, you're working on a, a specific uh, topic, uh, as we discussed earlier, about uh, managing uh, the revenue risk uh, actively. Uh, but you could also be in, in other organizations, uh, of course. Uh, as I reflected a bit in in, uh, in the article, uh, risk management could be an interesting thing. If and uh, I would not like to go to risk management if risk management would not be mature, uh, because uh, I see uh, the risk management very close to the performance management thing. Uh, it's not just managing the risks; uh, it's also managing the performance. Uh, why are we managing risks? Are we afraid of something? Uh, maybe we are, but we should also look at the opportunities. So uh, what could we optimize? And in, in a perfect uh, uh, performance-oriented uh, company with, with the right performance um, attitude and culture, it, it could be in risk management. Uh, if you, you're exposed to a lot of change in your company, uh, then uh, it may be very good to be in a, a digital transformation mm -hmm. function. But of course, uh, the higher up uh, you are in the organization, uh, the more... Uh, exposure you will have uh, and, and the more uh, support you will get as well. well. I want to bring Dan in here as well then because Dan obviously uh, you're a fan of risk management there's a reason why you called your journal Black Swan we're both fans of Nassim Taleb of course um, is you know do you see risk management as being something that revenue assurance is increasingly moving towards or is it actually quite a difficult gap to close to to get people who are doing revenue assurance to move into more of a risk-oriented way of doing their work? Well, I think people use the term risk management in a couple senses, don't they? I mean, at the corporate level, um, you know, you talk about taking a risk, right, and based on certain, um, you know, rewards or penalties of taking a, a certain risk. But I think in, in um, the way we normally use it in the fraud and revenue assurance area, it's a it's a, a risk is kind of a threat, something to be avoided, and we use it in that sense. So certainly there is a, um, um, you know, a, 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 a movement, um, unifying uh, an understanding of the threat. Um, security is coming into the picture. I just did a fabulous um, interview with a guy, um, Jason Cook, um, who's from BT America, based in uh, Dallas, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, but... He explained that, um, you know, the risks of security have gotten to the point where corporate management really has to be thinking about it. They can no longer think of security as just an IT problem or just a revenue assurance, if you will, problem mm -hmm. because their brand is affected. You know, if some, you know and it's happened with companies like Sony and it's happened with Target that they've been um, invaded. Um, in some cases, the problems were attributed to a third-party database or, a, you, know, a, a, you know, a vendor that they hired, right? That's where the problem was, not internal. But you're responsible for those things. And um, so there's going to be a great, I think there is going to be a great unification of the two sides of risk management, if you will. I think that's a really valid point. So when I think about, say, what speakers like um, or individuals, professionals like Mark Broom, who's the chair of the GSMA Fraud and Security Group, and who is also the group director of fraud uh, operations at Orange. He feels very strongly about, say, reputation damage 
uh, as being a driver of the work that he does and therefore also a big factor in um, determining the priorities that they should deal with in Orange Group and uh, therefore need to link to security. So I think this is an area, certainly I would say to you, Rene, I would love to see the TM Forum um, painting a picture of how activities like IT security link to areas like enterprise risk management, link to fraud management, link to revenue assurance in the way that you've been talking about. I think that's an absolute priority area and I uh, hope that you'll be taking a lead uh, in bringing that forward. However, we are running out of time, so let me ask Rennie for one last thing from you. Can you remind the audience about how they can obtain the results to the TM Forum Revenue Assurance Survey and how more generally they can get involved with you and the work you do in the TM Forum Revenue Assurance Group? Uh, yes, so there is an easy way. Um, you just uh, Google for Revenue Assurance Survey 2016. Then there is a very personal way. Uh, if you just drop me an email, rene.felber at teliacompany.com. And uh, I will be very happy uh, to discuss with you or set up a Skype session or a call. And if you would like to know more about what we're working on in TN Forum, uh, I think the right way is also to get in contact with me. Uh, and um, just about the uh, most, uh, you know, the, the best events that we have in TN Forum. Uh, twice a year we've got the so-called Action Week. Uh, actually, right now in North America there's one going on. Uh, and in uh, spring, there is one in Europe. Uh, uh, you will find information on the TM Forum web pages, or uh, please get in contact with me. I'm very happy to, to follow up and uh, discuss about the problems that you have in your organization. I, I hope the TM Forum show you the appreciation you deserve, Rene. There you are. You're putting yourself, making yourself available to the whole world. You're doing work. You're not getting paid for any of this. It's amazing to meet individuals like yourself, Rene, and it's been a real pleasure chatting to you today thank you very much for coming on the call uh, it's been we've learned a lot and i hope that you get a lot of positive feedback for your team as a result of today's podcast thank you Rene. thank you very much that's been a pleasure to talk with you that's all for episode 26 of the comms risk podcast you can download this episode and all the other episodes by visiting commsrisk.com Dot com, or search for ComsRisk on the iTunes store where you can subscribe to the podcast for free and so never miss a future episode. And don't forget to visit ComsRisk.com for daily updates from the world of communications, risk and assurance. We've reached the end of today's episode, but thanks again to Rene Felber of Talia and the TM Forum for being today's guest and to Dan Baker, my co-host. I'm Eric Priestcount. Thanks for listening.